listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. I am Andrew Berkshire from Game Over Montreal on SDPN, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Mary Clark from For the Win. It's... The playoffs. We're almost at the end of the first round. One team has been eliminated already. Every other series is up for grabs for the most part. Is it finally the year that the Maple Leafs move on? We're going to talk about that as well as the Rangers and Panthers getting back in their series. The Avalanche moving on first as they did last year as well. And then we'll go into our pop culture roulette segment to end the podcast off but before we do that mary how's your week going so far good um i'm still sleeping over my friend's house uh to take care of their dogs but by the time you guys hear this on friday it will have been my last night there so i will finally get some you know full night sleep uh luna won't be so cranky that i'm not at home with her all the time uh but yeah things are good we're obviously recording this on thursday so there's a lot of important games tonight uh especially the maple leafs but this is kind of the the perils of us being busy and having to, you know, record a day early because our schedules don't align. So sorry if the stuff we talk about is inaccurate by the time you guys hear this, because it is what it is. Uh, and that's kind of how it is with the playoffs. So um, I guess we'll do our best, but I'm doing good. Otherwise, it's it's a nice day outside, but I am tired, but that's OK. Playoff hockey is sustaining me. So I, you know, couldn't be better if I'm being honest. It's it's, you know. The, a lot of series are on like a knife's edge, basically. We are about to find out if teams like the Maple Leafs are going to do it or will they blow it? Who's to, who, who's to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that time of the year, right? Everything's happening fast and frantic and you can put something out in the next minute. It's no longer relevant, but uh, it's fun. It's the most fun time of the year to cover hockey, honestly, between... The first round going on, and then there's the excitement about the draft and free agencies looming. Everything's speculation. It's mm-hmm. it's a fun time. But uh, let's get right into it on the Maple Leafs because they won game five in pretty interesting fashion. They came out so flat in the first period. It was the worst period of play that they've had so far in the playoffs. And they looked cooked. Down oh, to yeah. nothing to the Tampa Bay Lightning. There hasn't been a single lead change through the first four games of that series. And then all of a sudden, third period turns around and they come come at it. They take the lead. They get it up three to two. Next shift, Ryan McDonough scores and it's tied again. And you're like, oh, here comes the mental collapse of the mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs. Some, you know, adversity happens and all of a sudden they can't hang. Turns out all you need is one little break from Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. And they get that leading goal again, and they hold the fort for the final five minutes of the game. They have the edge, and it seems like if you look at the way that that game was played after the first period, Toronto at even strength was completely dominant. I wonder if we're finally starting to see this team turn the corner. Yeah, that's the big thing, isn't it? It feels like this is the year that they're things are finally coming together. Their stars are playing like they were they were promised to be basically the whole thing last year when they bowed out of the playoffs is they couldn't get scoring when they needed it they just they they fell flat in the big games um and the 
game five kind of looked to start that way where you know they came out basically looking lethargic uh just basically being run over by tampa bay but a switch flipped between the first and the second period and um you know, then Tampa was on the back foot. Um, and yeah, the Maple Leafs actually dealt with adversity well for the first time in the playoffs and for what feels like forever. Um, but this is the big test. Thursday night's game is the big test because they have held leads in series before, but have blown it. Will this be the night that they, you know, actually take that step forward? I'm really excited. I'm actually, I'm really, I'm, I mean, everybody should be looking forward to this game. It's going to be it's going to be incredible. And, you know, by the time you're hearing this, it probably was incredible. And they also, of course, have the whole thing of the Lightning and uh, Vasilevsky have not lost a game coming off of a loss themselves. So, like, if they're going to if the Maple Leafs are going to do it now is the time because the, the narratives are starting to unfold. I mean, you know, sure, they won't be in Toronto to do it if they do it in game six. But like you you strike at the heart of Tampa Bay and knock them out of the playoffs in their home building, that would be an incredible story. Um, and of course, obviously just them making it to the second rounds. Like, yeah, I, it's hard not to find some belief here. It just in the way they've been playing and the way they've looked. I mean, Austin Matthews's reaction after his, Go ahead, goal was like oh, that was such a great celebration. So, so good, and you can tell that it means so much to them. It's just the vibes just feel different around this Maple Leafs team now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they end it in six, but also you just there's that small sliver of doubt that's in my mind. That's like, how did they blow it? Uh, yeah. And like I said, I mean, Tampa Bay has been incredible coming after a loss, and I think we all want this to go seven, just for you know, like. We, I'd love to see this series go on forever. I think I said that on Twitter <laughs> and people were like, it's just like, what is it? Sisyphus in, you know, Greek myth of rolling the boulder up and going yep. back. It's just, <laughs> I just want this series to continue for my own enjoyment, but I know that Maple Leafs fans, you know, would not be happy, but yeah, I, this has been such a fun series. I hope it goes seven for the entertainment factor, um, regardless of who wins, but I don't know this, the vibes are shifting in Toronto's favor, and I hope for their sake they're able to th that this year is different for them. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think looking back on last year, the vibes sure looked great when they were up three to one. Right? Yep. <laughs> there, yep, there was nothing going wrong for them whatsoever. Well, of course, so I mean, Tavares turn... was out, so yeah, that was, yeah, sure. I mean, they were winning the series, but, let's but be Tavares honest, was out. Tavares didn't show up until Game Five of this series either. True. Uh, he's been terrible. And I know he got his goal last game. I'm not convinced that Puck touched him at all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's William Nylander's goal. His best play of the game was actually the assist on Morgan Riley's goal, which was it was truly fantastic. But it's the first time this whole series where I've even noticed John Tavares outside of winning faceoffs. And like winning faceoffs has value, but not eleven million dollars a year of value, I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad that he's showing up though, because it seems like if they can get Tavares and Matthews going at the same time, that becomes something that I'm not sure this Lightning team, that to me, still looks tired, mm -hmm. can manage. There are times where the Lightning are still dominant and they they can get things done and they're so talented. They're such a great team. But to me, they, they still look a little bit exhausted, especially Andre Vasilevsky, who has not been great in this series. I think that's been the biggest thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs is they've been able to score goals when they've needed to score goals mm -hmm. even if they haven't been able to come all the way back in games i think they've put up three every single game except for maybe one no they put up three every game i think mm -hmm. that's a good sign for them now tampa bay hasn't lost two in a row 
since they got swept by Columbus in 2019. So it's a huge challenge to get this second win in a row. But the problem is, I think if it goes to seven, the Leafs aren't going to win. I think that's the thing that's in the back of their mind. They're always losing in seven. If they can just play a good game in game six, I think they're going to win this. Do you, do you they, think it's it's going to be like first goal wins on a, in game six just because of the the mentality thing? I mean, the, Toronto has come back in this series and made games close. And then obviously in game five took the, you know, was able to come back and then take the lead. But do you think it's one of those things where game six is like a momentum game? Like if the or will Toronto not even care? They're just like, we just want to win type of thing. I think for the next one, Toronto needs to score first. Okay. I think they did their battle back and coming back on the Lightning. I don't think that they're going to want to do that again because mm-hmm. I feel like the Lightning are a team that game by game, they fix mistakes that they made the previous game. So if they end up having to defend a lead, they're going to find a way to defend it a lot better than they did in game five. I think Toronto needs to come out front in the first period and make the Lightning play loose, make them play more of their game. Right, mm-hmm. which has been inconsistent for the Leafs to be able to exert that on the Lightning, and like it totally makes sense, right? These are two relatively evenly matched games or teams. Sorry, yeah. Uh, I think overall the Lightning are a better team, but right now their star players are not in the shape that you would expect for a team in the first round, just because they played so much hockey lately. One yeah. thing I love is the natural stat trick. Uh, if you go to their homepage, they have series reports that specifically take the data from each series. Mm -hmm. And it's super interesting to see like the Tampa Bay lightning have a slight edge in like expected goals for, for the series at even strength at just 50.28%. So it's essentially even. Yeah. And then you go to all situations and then the the Leafs are ahead 51.32%. So again, everything is so close in this series. And it makes sense. It's gone back and forth. It's been such a great series. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to see how it ends. But I do, I'm rooting for the Leafs specifically to support the shows that I've launched, <laughs> just like I've, I'm rooting for Calgary. I would mm-hmm. like to see it. And also, I just want to see what it looks like yeah, when they same. finally do it. Mm-hmm. It's going like, to be obnoxious. Yes, I, it's it's going to be fun be... for a day and then awful for the entire next year. Yes. I mean, there is something about like sports misery because we've all, we've all, had sports misery we're we're all in a perpetual perpetual state of sports misery until you know a team that you like does something great and that's yeah not often because that's how sports are uh unless you're you know from boston where they just continuously crank out championships or whatever um but like there's something to be said about watching sports misery and you know because in the timeline where the leafs lose this series the fallout from it it could very well be really entertaining to watch uh, and losing can make good content, but also winning can also make really good content too. I mean, you know, we've talked about, you know, Steve Dangle a bunch on the show because he's directly related to the stuff you do, Andrew, but like, you know, I, I think I'll probably tune in to, you know, the LFR if slash when the Leafs win, like, I, I want to see it. I, I want to see it. Like, I, yes, it will be obnoxious to certain points, but you know, it's it's just nice to enjoy vague, you know, sports happiness. Like I could feel the sport I could feel the sports happiness radiating from Toronto if this happens. And you know what it might make me feel just a little bit better because they're enjoying some happiness. So I don't know. That 
both options are equally appealing in terms of entertainment value for different reasons. And I think that's why this series rocks because um, there are no losers here for either of us, Andrew, I think, because we're kind of neutral parties. Uh, if you're a fan of the Leafs, you obviously are, are incredibly invested. If you're a fan of the Lightning, though, you're probably like, all right, <laughs> if you lose, like you won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups, you can't be too mad. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I don't even think like if, if the Leafs do get past the Lightning, I don't even think they'll forever be known as the team that the Leafs finally won against i mean this series has shown how back and forth it's been i i mean it, there's no, there's I, no I think if anything people will try to discredit the leafs ah. because the lightning are not at their peak right mm -hmm. i think that's more likely to be what happens and i can't see leafs fans really caring about that just because <laughs> yeah it'll be the euphoria of actually finally doing it right and it's, even if the if the lightning aren't at the best that they can be they're not a soft matchup oh no no, you not know? at all. This has just been this has been such a fun, probably the most fun uh, playoff series we've had, I think, in a while, too. Like just from, you know, the narrative standpoint, the entertainment factor, the back and forth, the amount of goals that's been scored. Uh, it's just I don't know. It's just been really great hockey to watch. Like and like it's just been fun. I mean, like, I don't think we're going to talk about Calgary Dallas series, but that series oh, God. <laughs> has had like the least amount of fun possible because yep. it's they're all like very like. 2-1. I think like the last score was 3-1 games. They're not very entertaining games. In game terms of... 4 was a great game okay. between Calgary and Dallas. It was like really high tempo. Calgary really pushed the play the whole game. And then I expected that to continue in game 5. Nope. <laughs> and it was two periods of just an absolute slog and then I fell asleep. Yeah, I had I had it on TV while I was like finishing up work and I'm like, man, this is not nearly as exciting as the games that came before. But nope. yeah, it, it's just going to be a shame when the series ends, but I'm looking forward to seeing the result because for me, they're both really they're they're going to be fun either way in terms of just like me watching sports misery or we me watching, you know, people being happy about sports. Like, I don't know. It's I don't think you can lose in this series unless you're a fan of either team. But even if you're the, the really the only people that can lose is Toronto because if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you probably just don't care. It's like me after the Eagles won the Super Bowl and then lost the next year. I was like, who cares? We still have our Super Bowl. Doesn't matter. So, you get a little bit of leeway when you have championships like that, I think. Yeah, 100%. And I I think like we, we talk about what's going to happen to the Leafs fan base after this. And here's the thing. Leafs Twitter is already insufferable. <laughs> Will they be more insufferable after this? Yes. However, I think this last year, after they blew it against the Canadians, was the most insufferable they've ever been. And it's not because they're happy. It's because they're miserable and can no longer take a joke. Whereas that mm -hmm. franchise or that, that fan base in general, I find, is one of the best fan bases at taking a joke. Mm -hmm. So maybe... A little bit of happiness allows them to take a joke again, and they'll be better next year. <laughs> I think if they lose this year, it's going to be a rough time to follow so many Leafs fans on Twitter mm -hmm. as I do. I'd have to I'd have to start muting, I think, or at least muting keywords because I, I can't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. But, you know, it's just fun. Hockey's fun. The series has been great. It's, I don't know. It's and I, I want both. It's so weird. I want both outcomes to happen because I just want to see what happens in like each timeline. Like we've talked about, you know, Multiverse of Madness and all the Marvel stuff. I want to see both timelines and see where they lead just because, you know, I don't know. It's really interesting to me. Like the narratives of the series have just been really awesome. Yeah, 100%. All right. We're going to talk about 
the Rangers and the Panthers and, of course, the Penguins and Capitals in a second here. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of a birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat the birthday cake puff from Built. I just received my birthday cake puffs and I've never had anything like this before. They're available right now and we can't promise that they'll be there tomorrow. So get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a a fresh slice of birthday cake and enrobed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. With 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only 9 grams of sugar, This limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com and get birthday cake puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Friday, but make your next listen Locked On Now, the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of each NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and there's nothing else like it anywhere in the hockey world. All right, Mary, uh, the Rangers and Panthers both ended up winning game five. Uh, obviously, the Rangers are in a little bit better position than. Uh, or sorry, the Panthers are in a little bit better position than the Rangers say, are. The, the Rangers. Well, I yeah, mean, I've got it backwards. It depends on what you consider a better position, because I'm sure we're going to talk about the stuff that happened to Sidney Crosby. Yes, so. I think that's actually the main story of the two. Let's go through the Panthers and Capitals first, because mm-hmm. I was doing a. a I was in a meeting last night uh, trying to sort out stuff for the Game Over Calgary show with uh, the host, Audie James, and Jesse Blake was in there, too. And I was just kind of like keeping an eye on the scores while we were figuring things out. And I saw that the Capitals were up 3 nothing, And I was like, come on, Panthers, you can't you can't be this awful. And then the Panthers come back and score five straight goals, which, to be fair to the Panthers, is a very Panthers game. Oh, yeah. Right. But they have looked vulnerable in this series. I I have not been impressed. Yeah, it's been a real shame. I can't believe, I know you talked that Claude Giroux was probably part of the reason, but I can't believe the Panthers would do this to me, to all the Flyers fans, to Claude Giroux. I can't believe it. Uh, Though I think Flyers fans are probably at fault here because we put all of our hopes and wishes into the Florida Panthers because Claude Giroux is on the team. And, you know, if it's Philadelphia, bad things happen here. And it is just, uh, we're just stuck in a cycle of sports misery all the time. Uh, so <laughs> I think we jinxed the Panthers, but they were able to come back and win. But yeah, they've just not looked impressive, really. Like, I mean, of the teams that are in these playoffs, you know, I mean, Nat- like uh, the Avalanche had a really easy road with uh, Nashville, but like. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But like. I don't know, like it, the the teams we expected to be impressive outside of the avalanche, outside of them sweeping, they just looked dominant. And I know like we've talked that like 
Nashville wasn't in the same tier as the Avalanche, but like just like the teams we thought were going to be, you know, the favorites or more dominant just haven't been. I mean, like even the Calgary series that they've just had a stagnant offense. It's just been a very yeah. weird playoffs for some of these teams. And yeah, Florida looks and you're right. Vulnerable. Like, like their weaknesses are on full display <laughs> here. I mean, and the fact that their offense has not been they were able to come back in game five and you know now have a serious lead but like man it's not looking it's not looking great they have to really if they you know obviously they need to win to advance but they need to like play a really good game in like if they advance uh for me to you know believe that they've you know turned a corner on this but man it's been tough for them it's been a real tough road and i wasn't expecting that at all it has and i think one of the funny things looking at it is special teams right which we thought were going to be heavily oh, in yeah. favor of the panthers i believe the panthers still don't have a power play goal in they this don't series. they don't i don't remember which is it was crazy like 14 0 and 14 0 and 15 something like that i think throughout the series yeah that's wild to me it is it is unthinkable considering what we talked so much about this panthers offense andrew and you know special teams are the time for an offense to shine and they just have not been able to put it together i mean full credit to the caps and their defense and you know the goaltending that have you know kept them in this series for sure but that these are just not the panthers uh that we've seen before in this regular season and yeah i don't know how to fix it <laughs> other than just hoping that they all they might just all be in a funk and, you know, let's just hope they get out of it basically all at the same time, or at least, you know, like are able to do what they've been able to do at least in game five and just. Yeah. The only better. Panther who doesn't seem to be in a funk is Carter Verhege, who yeah, has I mean, 10 points in five games. Yeah. I think he had five a, goals. Yeah. I think he had a point on every single goal in that in game five. Um, Talk about a statement performance of a yeah. guy who just won't let his team lose. That's, that's incredible. But yeah, I mean, the Capitals have six power play goals in this series. How many are Ovechkin? Panthers, zero. Uh, I don't know how many goals Ovechkin has, actually. I know TJ Oshie's been really good in this series. Uh, Which is a surprise. I feel like that's the big thing. Is like uh, Coming into this series, I thought the Washington Capitals were like the first or second weakest team yeah. in, the, in the playoffs. And a lot of their guys who have looked kind of washed have been really strong. Yeah, TJ yeah. Oshie leads the team with five goals in five games. Ovechkin wow. only has one. One mm. power play goal in the series, five assists. Wow. So, so it's yeah, been it a just, weird situation. Like, yeah. Washington's kind of getting contributions from everyone. And strangely, the Panthers, like, their best players haven't really done a lot. Like, mm -hmm. Jonathan Huberdeau has been almost non existent. And yeah. I think I give Ekblad a little bit of a pass defensively. Because he was just, injured. Yeah, he was injured so long. It's going to take him a while to get back up to speed. But Mackenzie Wegar as well has not been great defensively. So there's a lot of things going wrong with Florida. But let's move on to New York and Pittsburgh because as much as Pittsburgh has been a good story getting through it without Tristan Jari and without Casey DeSmith and Louis Domingue with his spicy pork and broccoli has become you know, a meme. Uh, I don't know if you saw Mary, but the Penguins at the games in Pittsburgh served spicy pork and broccoli oh, to no, the media. I didn't. I didn't. That's really funny. Yeah, that's like leaning into that's amazing. Like, yeah, I, that's, I love that yeah. kind of stuff. That's awesome. But uh, Deming got lit up by the Rangers in game five. Uh, but the biggest determining factor in that game was that Sidney Crosby left in the first period with an injury off of a chicken wing elbow from Jacob Truba. 
It was the second which, period, but yes. Was it the second period? Okay. Yeah, second period. Uh, it was the first period that he got an elbowing penalty against J- Jake Gensel. So mm-hmm. there's a bunch of Rangers fans saying, oh, that's not Jacob Truba. He wouldn't do that. And it's like, but the elbow that he did earlier in the game kind of mm-hmm. says that he would do that. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, it looked like he went for a sick check on Crosby, missed, and then tried to get a piece of him with his elbow. And mm-hmm. that's how most elbows in the NHL happen. It's how most knees in the NHL happen. But it's an easy suspension to me. And the fact yeah. that the Department of Player Safety did nothing is maddening. Yeah. I mean, especially because we don't know how long Crosby's going to be out. And also, he has a history of concussions. And yep. I know that the NHL doesn't really take those outside factors into account because I want to keep it like a more level playing field. But it's still dangerous it's really really dangerous especially on somebody like Crosby and it just sucks to have him out like he's been like he always turns back the hands of time in the playoffs always and forever and it's been incredible to watch and we don't know how many more years we're going to get with him um so it's it it just makes he's been incredible this series too yeah yeah and like the moment he was out of the lineup the Penguins just like collapsed on themselves and like that speaks so much to what Crosby brings to this Penguins lineup and it's it'll be a shame if he's out for the rest of the series because we don't know at least as of Thursday I haven't seen anything from the Penguins officially we probably won't know until Friday around game time if he's skating or even morning skate and stuff like that just like yeah it should have been at least a one game suspension and now New York is one game back in the series have a little bit of momentum from you know the win and if Crosby isn't back and Jari isn't back that's two of the Penguins biggest players especially because Crosby's in such a major factor in this series um yeah it is the but we say this time and time again with the Penguins they always have that next man up mentality but it it will be rough to it'll be tough to overcome this if you're the Penguins because you know you lose two of your best players but Crosby could be back it could just they could have just been precautionary they're at least taking a look at him so we'll see. Well, there's, it's also the playoffs, so he might, at the end of his career, or not in the end of his career, but near the end of his career, he might decide that it's worth the risk of playing, even though yeah. he may be concussed. I mean, Johnny Gaudreau got it pretty good in game four. Uh, he got a hit that whipped his head really hard, and he was clearly dazed on the ice. And he went to the bench, came back out for a power play on that play, and then he was gone for the rest of that first period until I think like the last shift or so. So he went through concussion protocol and seemingly was cleared and has been fine since, but we don't know how fine a player is until later on. Right. Yeah. Until basically exit interviews of when they, when they leave. Right. And the risk of that kind of stuff is if you're playing, even with a concussion that is quote unquote mild, if you get another hit to the head, Right. And then it's no longer something that you can work with. And it becomes, you know, you could miss look at uh, Bowen Byram in Colorado. Right. The time that he's missed with concussions. It's such a sad story. Yeah. So Crosby's already been through that. It stole the prime of his career, really. Two full seasons almost that he sat out. So it's such a huge risk. But the Penguins are close to to beating the Rangers in this series. They they hold control of the series still if Tristan Jari comes back it it helps them out it seems like he's close Crosby I guess we'll see uh Mike Sullivan said that he would be analyzed when they got back to Pittsburgh Pittsburgh. 
So we'll see. But I mean, uh, the Rangers still are on the back foot here because they're yes. obviously, you know, they have to win three straight. They won one. They got to win two more in order to advance. Um, but it and Chesterkin did not look comfortable last game. Nah, he didn't. It is it. It's funny because you know he's up for the heart. He's probably not going to win it. Uh, and he's up for the Vesna. He's clearly going to win, but he's just not looked um, like himself in this series, uh, especially recently. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's just kind of how it is. I think I said on Twitter's like that this series, and I think the Panthers will show me about trying to predict things about you know how teams look just days before the playoffs. It's wild how much things are different in the playoffs. Like you know, teams are off for just like a couple of days before the playoffs begin, and then they just can't like it's just not the same it is wild how uh that you know what you think going into the playoffs will you know matter and it doesn't so that's just me being salty about the fact that my predictions have just been wrong all over the place because <laughs> what a what a weird playoffs this has been so far fun but weird but yeah rangers are still in the back foot so we'll see if they can do it but it'll be for the penguins it'll at least be a tougher road if both of those guys are out yeah 100 percent all right, uh, we're going to talk about the Avalanche, the first team to advance in the second round. For the second year in a row, is this year going to be different for them? Or will they bow out again in the second round? It's, you know, the Leafs of the second round. That's what the Colorado Avalanche are. But uh, to the surprise of no one, they beat the Predators in the first round. But we're going to talk about that right after this. i got to tell you about Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. First, find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NLF futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, obviously, no one's surprised that the Avalanche beat the, the Nashville Predators. I don't even think anybody's surprised it was a sweep, especially with UC Saros out. But the Avalanche did do it without Darcy Kemper for a game and a half, which is interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you out a couple things here, Mary. The goal differential in this series was twenty one to nine. Wow. Does that surprise you or is it more what you thought was gonna happen? It's more what I thought was going to happen. Uh, a little bit surprised that the number is closer to double digits for the Predators. But, I mean, the Darcy Kemper thing is was a real interesting thing that happened at the, you know, tail end of the series. But, yeah, about what I expected. Yeah. I mean, Colorado, Kale McCarr. Yeah. What else is there to say? There was that one it's close game. There was ridiculous. that one game in overtime Yep. that, you know, what was it game two i think right i think it was game two that you know nashville could have possibly tied up the series i think was it game two or game three either way it was connor ingram's first start yeah it might, i think it was game two but i could be misremembering because it's happened what feels like a week ago now so but yeah i mean there was that one game where it was an overtime and you know yeah game two yeah he put up a 961 save percentage in game two yeah, and then but I think Kale McCarr had the goal in overtime. He did. So, yeah, I mean, just what a player, what a what a team. Uh, like I said, I'm not surprised. This is not a surprising result. I think we had I had Nashville, not Nashville, uh, Colorado in five because you know, predicting a sweep just feels you know, they don't happen often in the NHL. 
Um, it's hard to win four games straight in any league, and the NHL specifically feels difficult to do. But um, it, this is not a surprising result, uh, especially you know after losing UC Soros. Sucks for the, sucks for the Predators. I'm curious just to see where they'll go from here. They're the first team eliminated in the playoffs. I wonder what this means for their future. I don't know, you know, what they've got in terms of contracts coming up on the books for the off season. That's probably like a bit of a discussion later down the line. But they've got Predators, a big one. Yeah. Fleet Forsberg. Oh, He's yeah. He's an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. And if you noticed when they got eliminated at home at Bridgestone Arena, Fleet Forsberg stayed behind when Ooh. when uh, all the other players were starting to leave the ice. He kind of circled around the ice and waved at the fans. And he had a terrible series. Mm -hmm. uh, he finally arrived in the fourth game. It was too late. Couldn't do enough. After like a phenomenal, phenomenal year for Fleet mm -hmm. Forsberg. Was but, it also on like the, weren't there rumors about him getting traded earlier yes. in the season? Yeah. So that's definitely something to look uh, to pay attention to as the off season, uh, you know, gets closer. Uh, it is just going to be interesting times for the Predators because I feel like we talked about like, you know, when we started this podcast that the Predators could have, you know, should have possibly could have and should have sold off a whole bunch of pieces, but they didn't because they were able to make a playoff run and that's kind of sustains them through this year but you know will management see you know that they need to make some changes will they has their window i'm we as hockey fans know that their window has closed but will management yes. see it i think is the question so and forsberg is going to be i think uh you know the tip of the iceberg in that regard i think the question for nashville is like how long is david poyle going to be there oh yeah wasn't he like the longest tenured gm yeah he's been by there like a since... mile yeah, he's been there since the franchise started, I believe. I feel like we talked about this. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this, and he's been there for, like, a very long time, like, over 20 years. And I was like, wow, really? So, yeah, that, that was surprising to me. But, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. So, not, not like, a surprising result for us hockey people, but, you know, we'll see the fallout, um, you know, from this, you know, with what they do with Forsberg, with, you know, if they trade off some more pieces this summer. So it's interesting times for the Predators because it feels like they're almost at like a crossroads. And, you know, David Poyle is a big part of that, too, because he's been part of the management for so long. So interesting stuff, at least for the Predators coming this offseason, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And for for the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, things look good. <laughs> yeah, as they have before in previous years. Yeah. And I think the, the positive for them is that the teams that they're going to face next are either the St. Louis Blues or Minnesota Wild. And those two teams are kicking the tar out of each other every <laughs> game. Those yep. games are wars. Uh, St. Louis currently leads that series three to two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that. but the big question for Colorado is, can they make it past the second rounds? Because, you know, that's been the big white whale for them, much in the same way. Like, it, it feels like it's gone almost Un, not unnoticed, but like not as talked about as something like Toronto. They've been able to win the first round, but they just have not been able to make it past like, you know, getting like getting into the conference finals. It has been it's, you know, for a team this talented, it shouldn't be that way. Um, and they'll at least have a couple days to rest up. You know, they're going to have the longest rest time, you know, of any team, because at least as we record on Thursday, no team has, you know, won their series yet outside of them so yeah they're gonna have a couple days to rest up especially because i think like the last day of the first round can be completed is sunday 
Um, so we won't see the second round probably till Monday at, at the very earliest. So yeah, there is just there's a lot of questions for this Colorado team if they can get over that you know mental hurdle much in the same way the Maple Leafs are. But this team is just so talented, was so dominant. You would you would like to think that you know that would go between rounds that they would you know be able to keep up this momentum. But it is a big question because they haven't been able to do it in some time. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a long time for Colorado, and part of it is like. You know, it takes a while to rebuild and everything, but they should have beat Dallas two years ago. Yeah. Last year, they were up 2 nothing on the Vegas Golden Knights. I can tell you from watching the Golden Knights against the Canadians last year that they were not unbeatable. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. And I know last year, also, Colorado lost their goaltender. Right? Yeah. So that's something that's already happened this year as well, but it appears that Darcy Kemper is ready to start for round two he got a high stick that went through his mask and hit him right in the eye and it, like his eyeball swole up Ugh. so i'm once again asking the league to update their helmets uh for players and for for goalies because uh the designs are that they're currently wearing are from the early 90s yeah. that's no longer the peak of technology let's <laughs> let's pick it up a little bit design modern helmets for goaltenders and for players so that we can have a few fewer uh, of the head injuries like should a stick be able to fit through a goalie's cage at any no. time or a no. puck we've seen pucks get wedged in there yeah let's let's get real here i know goalies want to see but you know what helps you see not losing your eye i was gonna say your eyeballs help you see andrew yes. so i'm glad you were going there <laughs> they do indeed all right we're gonna talk about our uh, pop culture segment coming up in a second here but first i gotta tell you about rock auto with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts from their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can use their easy-to-use website to find any kind of part that you can possibly think of. Uh, I had to buy a windshield washer fluid pump for my uh, Mitsubishi Lancer Sportback specific kind that I needed to install that because my pump blew uh, right at the end of winter there from using it so much in the cold Canadian winter. Found it right away on Rock Auto at a great price. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So Mary, I noticed neither of us actually have anything written down for the pop culture roulette segment. I want to say so, one thing before okay, we move it. on. Because I think, according to this tweet I've seen, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is getting benched for Cam Talbot in their next game. Ooh, so yeah, Flurry yeah. hasn't been great. Yeah, so I don't think he's been why they've been losing now. Nah, nah, it's just been. You're right. They have like it's really been a war of attrition in that series. Yeah, it, it could it's be been a fun like, series, but Flurry's been... also what 37. Yeah, I mean he's old. We knew this. He is. We he all can't start this. every game. Nah, uh, but I mean like you know since they acquired him, Cam Talbot has been better. So I. Yeah, it's just interesting because it's an eliminate an, an elimination game for them. So you know, going to Cam Talbot, um, you know, 
it's just it's interesting. I almost would have thought that they would have done it sooner than that, but you know, yeah, you got to try whatever you can in in an elimination game. And if Flurry's not working, but you know, if if the Wild do lose that series, you know, I would maybe wonder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would maybe wonder why didn't you like try and into Camp Talbot earlier? But we don't have to talk about hockey. This is the pop culture segment, even though we don't have anything listed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's um have you ever heard of there's this girl I don't even know what started it, but there's this girl on Twitter, her name's like Zoe or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's Z I W E and she interviews celebrities. No, I've not and heard of her. I don't know why they do it cuz she just like makes complete fools of them mm-hmm. and I don't think they're in on it and it just something was going around that I saw this morning and it was she had Chet Hanks on cuz mm-hmm. he has some new fitness app and she asked him about his fitness app, and for some reason, he started doing an impression of the Joker, like the Heath Ledger Joker, and she just, like, stared at him, and then he just kept doing it and did more lines and more lines, and it's one of the most awkward things that I've Here's ever Here's the thing. Seen. I can't I can't watch that because I have such secondhand embarrassment for stuff like that, so, like, yeah, I just, I've never been able to do things like that, like, oh, it just... Ugh can't yeah there's like the highlights of this interview she says i asked chet hanks how apparently he's coined this white boy summer she said i asked how that was different from the past 400 summers in american (laughs) history that's perfect that is that is that's so perfect you know what i don't know who this girl is but props to you keep doing what you're doing she seems amazing i've only seen like little snippets of the things that she does but she seems amazing Mm -hmm. so that's a, a tiny bit of pop culture stuff for you. I also yeah, I started I mean, watching um, We Own This City, which is a series made by David Simon, who mm-hmm. uh, made The Wire. And I believe uh, it was like Homicide Life on the Street mm-hmm. way back in the day. But obviously a, a guy that uh, I'm like a big fan of. And this is based on a true story. Again, in Baltimore, features a lot of actors who were in The Wire as well. Mm-hmm. It's three episodes in and it's very much like The Wire in that there's a lot going on and a lot of characters and it takes a lot of focus to understand what's going on and it's also jumping back and forth in timelines following Mm -hmm. different police officers so three episodes in i'm not entirely sure where it's going and how things are going to connect but i'm very intrigued and the performances so far are fantastic like i don't know if you've watched the wire mary no but, uh, i haven't that's one of those things that's like i i haven't and everybody's gonna yell at me because i've heard it's really good i'm sorry yeah, it, it is fantastic but do you know do you know like the baltimore accent yeah i mean yeah. i've been i've been to baltimore i live uh, close enough on the east coast that i am vaguely familiar yeah yeah uh john bernthal is doing a really great baltimore accent mm-hmm. so it's very it's very fun to see like different people kind of roll that into their Reminds me of of what was the I don't remember the name of the show that had it was set in Philly or near Philly in like the Delco area and uh, whomever the actress was had a really great Delco accent and went to Wawa and people in people in this area were praising it. I'm gonna have to like look it up (laughs) because I can't remember. It was like one of those like drama shows. Hold on. Let me look it up. Please fill for me. Okay. Uh, Okay. So this show is following essentially a corrupt group of police officers who all got placed into the same unit in Baltimore uh, right after the Freddie Gray murder. And it's, it's super interesting because, you know, it talks about things that I'm passionate about, like police brutality and police corruption and how essentially police unions and politicians and police in general do everything possible to cover up any idea of wrongdoing. And they talk about how like 
you know, rookie cops will beat some people up and then come back and their supervisors will be like, oh, you could get fired for this. And then they all laugh and they're like, no, no, no. Here, here's how you write a report if you beat somebody up. You got to make sure that you say that you were in fear for your life, blah, 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 blah. Like cover your tracks and then it's fine. It's like, wow, okay. This is disgusting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it, it makes you really mad, but it's really compelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I yes. Sometimes you know, watching TV like that is compelling. Makes you angry, but it's compelling. All right, so it was Mayor of East Town with um, uh, Kate Winslet, who had like a, who went to Wawa and had this like and like you know, <laughs> I don't know, said something to the effect of like you know, it was really cool. I don't know. And she just she liked going to Wawa and was like, yes, justice. Wawa is superior. Um, but I don't have anything pop culture other than that. That's just what it reminded me of when you said the Baltimore accent. Uh, I remember people around this area, or at least like, you know, in the local news and stuff, they were like, is Kate Winslet's accent good? But she does like Wawa. So it also reminds me of when uh, I've seen a viral clip of Harry Styles when he um, uh, had a concert in Philly. He said, Wawa, baby, Wawa. And I think about that constantly. It's just that he was just yelling it to the crowd. So wawa's forever in my heart and honestly today is my friday and it has been a long week for me so the more i talk about wawa the more i want to get it for lunch so i think that's what i'm <laughs> going to do after we're done recording i have nothing in terms of pop culture i've been so busy between uh taking care of my friend's dogs i've hardly had the time to really just like sit down and do stuff for myself uh so i'm looking forward to um this weekend when I will be able to just sit down and relax, watch some hockey. I think this weekend, because my friends are continuing, my friends and I are continuing to watch movies. We finally spun on a movie I wanted to show my friends, which is Brent, the movie musical. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, you know, rewatching that for the first time in a long time um, and enjoying some good yet sad mu movie musical content because, you know, it's also very apt in this day and age still. So yes, have you ever seen, have you ever seen Brent, the movie? Uh, no, I have not. I know Ooh. what the story is about, like in the AIDS crisis, but I haven't. Yeah. I haven't actually seen it. It's very good. It features uh, people such as Adina Menzel in you know prominent roles, so it's a good movie. It makes I'd... sense in a musical. Yeah, just is true. Uh, highly recommended, though. It's very good. Like I said, very apt to the times. Also, good songs. So I'm looking all forward right. to rewatching this weekend. Sounds good. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL show your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. Now. Make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear your latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. And if you have extra time, hey, make your third listen, Locked On Canadians, because I was on there twice this week with a good friend of the show, Laura Saba, talking about the Canadians winning the draft lottery and the issues facing their rebuilds, what kind of stuff... You could think of for the Montreal Canadiens. We talked about it. So uh, it's all those shows, including ours, are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week.